but I want the podcast now. I've got a golden ticket. We'll just get it out of the way right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome once again to the Get Geekish Podcast. No, we're not doing show tunes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the future, though. Uh, joined this week, as I usually am, by my cohort, Derek, over there with the chocolate fountain behind him. I'm Bino, and you can find us on uh, social media at Get Geekish or go to getgeekish.com. But we appreciate you tuning every week, and thanks to AIM Student Radio for you know, broadcasting the, uh, the show every week. Always, always fun to hear it on there. Uh, this week, we're talking about the golden ticket and expounding on a little bit because one of the original founders of Jelly Belly Jelly Beans has started an entire contest where he's now doing a Willy Wonka style giveaway of a candy factory. We'll get into the details about some of that, but why, why was this so intriguing to you, Derek? Well, okay, so... <laughs> Obviously, we've had two movies that kind of dive into this. You have Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, whatever the names are. Um, obviously, they came from the books. Um, all classics, by the way. Yep, yep. And if you look at it from a different perspective, it's basically about a serial killer who murders children and then pawns off the insurance claims on somebody else because he's like, not my, not my factory. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> If you look at it from another perspective, you there look at it any, like there weren't any kids murdered. Weren't there though? I mean, no, they tappy stretched the one out. They flattened the berry goo out of the other one. They're all okay. Just, okay, so he likes torturing and then pawned off the factory to somebody else, so they would have to handle the insurance claims and the lawsuits because it's not his anymore. He washes hands of it. Um, but anyway, it just with the Jelly Belly one coming up i think there's been what like a couple other instances of companies trying to do something like this like in real life in the 90s yeah i was looking on there and I, I couldn't find any specific examples but i know i've seen a lot of contests in the past but nobody has the capitalization that willy wonka did in the fictional story because people want to do it and if you have a prize that is big enough that that many people are searching for it then people are killing each other and stealing them and finding everybody they can to cheat to get it. So there's that fine balance. We have a prize big enough that everybody wants it, but as soon as everybody wants it, then it takes the fun out of the contest because then it's just not fun by people that can't make it a game. Right. If you're wondering what we could compare that to, just remember when you're trying to look for toilet paper. Um, <laughs> so thinking on this, it, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I like jelly bellies. I don't know if I'd go out of my way to try to win a factory of it because it seems like a lot of responsibility, but I started thinking, I was like, what other type of places would we want a golden ticket to? Cause here's my thing is like, I like the golden ticket idea and in theory it's great until you actually look at the business aspect of it where you have to maintain and do payroll and all that jazz. And I'm like, no, whoa, whoa, those aren't dreamer thoughts. Those are tomorrow thoughts. <laughs> That's that's also the thing that when I was reading about this contest, I saw the headline and my whole insides lit up. I'm like, I can have my own Jelly Belly factory? But there's some details that everybody should read some fine print. Because one, it's not just a contest where you can go buy a bag of Jelly Bellies and have a chance to find a golden ticket. You literally have to go onto this website and sign up their Facebook account and pay $49.99 to enter for a chance to win. And so it's only limited to... Uh, a thousand participants per state 
and each one of those thousand people has to, can pay fifty dollars to be a part of the state. One of them will win five thousand dollars, but you multiply that times fifty states, and then suddenly the this guy that's doing this contest is walking away with what two hundred, four hundred thousand dollars, something like that. You know, forty-five thousand dollars times fifty states if they got enough entries to film all. So they're still making a pretty penny off of it. Big, big time. Because well, that's the thing too is you look at the original Willy Wonka and everything like that, and the people that have tried to copy it. It's a great marketing strategy, right? You do this thing of in the original Willy Wonka, there was I'm trying to remember seven golden tickets, right? How many kids? Five. It's been a while. No, there's more. Than you keep five. talking. I'll look at. Anyway, one, two, maybe there was five. Augustus, Mike TV, Baroque, Veruca. Yes, five of them. Yeah. Who was the other I remembered girl? some. What's up now? Who was the blueberry girl? Uh, I don't remember her name. And then Charlie. Anyway, so you look at this. You look at, there's five golden tickets, right? Throughout the whole world in the original story. You... Those candy bars, what, selling for two bucks a pop? Three oh, bucks a pop? At that time, weren't they like a quarter? Yeah, true. We're, we're talking anyway, the, the original one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you say they're, say they're two bucks a pop, right? And there's five tickets worldwide, and you have this mass thing of people just buying it by the armfuls. Violet Beauregard. Thank you, Violet. That is a huge profit right there, right? Especially when you got somebody like Veruca's dad who's like, oh, guess what, honey? I'm going to buy every chocolate bar this side of the Mississippi to make sure we get you a golden ticket. Daddy, I want a squirrel. Anyway, so you have that. You have, like I said, companies. I'm, I cannot remember, but I know for, unless my memories are getting made up, in the 90s, it happened with some companies where they did something on a smaller scale. But it was one of those ones where you'd find this and you get like movies for your life or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to think, like you said, it's 50 bucks a pop on this one to enter. That's a huge chunk of change if you get a thousand people from each state. It is, but you're looking at, I mean, just for, just for the, because the grand prize is beyond that, but for uh, looking at odds makers, you look at how much money people drop on fantasy football or sports book bets and things like that. People are shelling out thousands of this stuff. So 50 bucks for a chance is not that much for some people. It seems like a lot for me. Well, but that's but the you, you may gather $50 for a one in 1,000 chance at $5,000. That's a way better odds than most scratch tickets, right? Yeah. So you, how many times did you enter? You can only do it once, right? I haven't, I haven't entered. I haven't thrown $50 because I read the other fine print. The fact of, yeah, everyone with one person for every state gets $5,000. But when you're getting it, he says you're getting a candy factory. Now, he was one of the founders of Jelly Belly. He's, this contest is not affiliated with Jelly Belly whatsoever. So you're going you're to own, own a 4,000-square-foot candy factory that he owns somewhere in Florida. And you also get an all-expenses-paid trip and education to a candy-making university, which is located at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. See, this doesn't sound fun anymore. And when you get that... <laughs> The way it's written out, you're going to have to pay taxes for everything that that candy factory is worth. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much profit a candy factory by itself pulls in, but just because you know the fact, it, I, I 
I'm struggling to find in the fine print if you're actually getting a functioning candy factory or a building that, well, yeah, if you put people and machines in, it could be a big candy factory. Right. <laughs> uh, this building used to be a candy factory back in 1920. Um, it's been defunct since then, so have fun. <laughs> <laughs> There's rats in here. Yeah, they're eating things off the floor. Rat candy. Oh. <laughs> so I guess when you actually read the fine print, it takes the magic out. I would love, 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 love to know what the fine print was behind the Willy Wonka thing. Because, <laughs> I mean, in the movie, they don't go into that, the CD business side of it. They go into the, well, you have to be worthy. Okay, you're worthy because you didn't drown in a chocolate river. Here you go. Well, I, I struggled with Willy Wonka uh, as a kid. I loved the movie. And we're going to discount the boat scenes that still gives me nightmares. But outside <laughs> of that, the movie always didn't hit me quite right for two reasons. One, it was the whole Uncle Joe thing. You've seen plenty of memes about it, too, of Uncle Joe's been hobbled in bed for years until it's time to go to the candy factory, then up he hops out the door. Yeah, woohoo! You've have done something, got a job the rest of your life. Um, but the other part is th they show this in, you know, pretty much depression-type times mm -hmm. of all these people that are huddled away, you know, eight people living inside of one little bedroom condo for warmth and heat and everything's horrible. And they go to his candy factory, and nobody bats an eyelash that this rich dude with a top hat has a bunch of orange-colored little people doing his bidding for free. And then he starts doing these other candy things that are like Chernobyl-esque experiments gone wrong, and nobody bats an eyelash until it happens to their kid, then they freak out there with their kid back. But I can tell you, if I was... 10 years old, my mom took me to a candy factory and one of the other kids got sucked into a chocolate tube or got blown up like a blueberry. We would have been out the door into the police station. <laughs> well, they, they couldn't, they couldn't leave. Right. That was one of the rules is they had to go through the whole thing and do the trials. Right. If they wanted to win. Yeah. So because every, every time one of them failed a trial, they were gone. I mean, obviously Mr. Wonka doesn't have a legal team or else they would have kiboshed this right from the get-go. I'm but, pretty sure that's, the, that's what the uh, Oompa Loompa songs were, was his legal team telling him, <laughs> no, you can't do this. That was the fine print. <laughs> um, but I would love to know like the, the fine print of that because obviously the movie doesn't show you that. They show you, you know, Charlie getting the factory, spoiler alert. Um, you know, he gets the keys and it's like, hey, congratulations. And then his family's like, woohoo, we're rich. I would love to see a, like, where are they now? VH1 episode of what happened to him in like two years down the road. He couldn't. <laughs> Charlie Bucket, where is he now? Exactly. <laughs> he couldn't keep the Oompa Loompas in line and they overthrew him, you know, that type of thing. I'm just anyway. picturing now like flashes of TMZ news of Oompa Loompa scandals. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We, that, we should write that. Anyway. So fast forward to nowadays where we get this and you get that little tinge of excitement until you read the fine print. But again, the whole thing that the spurred was, there's a lot of stuff out there that would be kind of fun to at least get the Willy Wonka treatment tour, you know, maybe not necessarily getting the factory or the ownership of it, but getting the, the, the experience. Tour. Yeah. That, that honestly would be a dream for me. I've, I've always said that, that if I ever came into an ungodly sum of money and became stupid rich, I would have the ridiculous biggest list of part-time jobs in my life just to see how things work. 
Because I think back to the jobs I've had before. Yes, yeah, some of them were awful. Some of them were fun. Some of them I didn't last long on. Some of them I lasted years. But knowing what radio is like behind the scenes, really cool. Working at a YMCA pool and learning how pool chemicals work and how that stuff works out. It's kind of fascinating. Working at a video store, finding how the, the behind the scenes stuff that go on there. Kind of nice. Getting trained at a subway and see what goes on behind the doors at a sandwich shop. Like all those little behind the scenes things that no, other people don't know is fascinating to me. And when I see these pictures, like I, I spend way too much time getting sidetracked when I see the videos of the, you know, how things are made. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching somebody how they you know peel they together get, hard candy and chop it up or how they create a uh, wood and formica resin copy table or something like that and the process behind some of these things are so amazing that it would be fun just to get that behind the scenes tour and just be like wow you guys know how to do this because I, well, I think most people at their jobs a lot of people at their jobs do things that have some sense of amazement to other people. They just don't believe it. Mm. Well, I have that problem too. when I work with guys that do some like street repairs and stuff like that. We're trying to get pictures to share stuff they do with some of the street repairs. And they're like, why would anybody care about me filling a pothole in the street? But the average person doesn't know what goes into that. What mix you make up, how you mixed up, how you pack it in there, how you know how, what kind of things go in there. And that process is fascinating. Same thing with making food in the kitchen. Why are hibachi restaurants so popular? Suddenly it makes the cooking really cool looking. Oh, I didn't know they did that. Ah, that's how they do that. It just gives that little sense of, of behind the scenes magic. That it, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind almost anything that's made. Well, that too. And like, I guess nowadays you can, if you have the right amount of money or you know the right amount of people or you set up tours, you can kind of see some of the behind the scenes, like, you know, in Fort Collins, you have the Anheuser-Busch plant where you can kind of see how the beer is made and everything like that, or um, New Belgium, where you can kind of get the tour that way. But I'm talking about like, I want true behind the scenes. Where you, want like, you, you want like behind the scenes after dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so do you remember when we went to the distillery there in Greeley? I do, I do, I do. That was like a true behind the scenes for us because we actually got to go you know, to, and see what they did and everything like that. Granted, we didn't get to see like the grains and all that getting picked and everything, but we got to go behind the scenes and actually see what they do. If you take like a brewery tour, you get some of that, but you don't get like, cause it's usually a mass amount. I want a small intimate tour. Like, you know, you look at the Twix commercials on TV and they're in the factory for left and right Twix. And you're like, that looks like fun. That's not how it is in real life. I know, but I'm just saying, when you say a Willy Wonka thing, that's what I picture is like how the Twix commercials are where they're like left Twix is better. Right. Twix is better. And they have that feud. You're like, hey, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And I think it falls right back into why we started this whole podcast website thing of the whole idea of the get geekish for it. Because what stood out about the distillery tour you're talking about? Cause the distillery tour, it was literally like three rooms, mm-hmm. but Heather is the one that started that place. She built the still. She built the, her and her partners built that place up from the ground up, and they knew every in and out of everything we could ask about, and they were excited about it. Mm-hmm. Learning how she tripled this, made a triple distilled vodka drip, was fascinating. Still to this day, don't understand how it works or what exactly she was talking about. But the fact that she could tell us that and be that excited and that knowledgeable about it made it amazing. I was a little and disappointed they, they didn't have Oompa Loompas, though. Yeah. I mean, same thing. If you go to the the Budweiser Budweiser Anheuser Anheuser Busch tour, 
cool to see some of the stuff on that grand scale, but the tour is greatly influenced by how good your tour guide is. Mm-hmm. If you have the 22-year-old tour guide that's like, yeah, this is where they make Anheuser-Busch beers on the left, go through, you don't care. But you get somebody that is jazzed about it and super excited and knowledgeable that tells you things that you feel like you're the, you know, no one else in the world knows this. It makes you feel amazing. I will, I will go on that where it also helps with who you're touring with. Because I've done the Anheuser-Busch tour a few times and a couple of times you're just with like the, you know, frat boys who are like, oh, beer, yeah. And they just kind of like talk through the whole thing and ruin it. And you're like, oh. That's how um, adult you've become. You're like, guys, shut up. I'm trying to watch yeah. this informative video. They're fermenting it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I would love, absolutely love one of my favorite candies in the world is Sour Patch Kids. I would love to go to a Sour Patch Kid factory and learn the ins and outs and everything and how they get the, you know, bug juices to make the gelatin and all that jazz. <laughs> um, or, you know, Otter Pops, as stupid as that sounds, just because, you know, that's delicious. But what I'm talking about is... Makes, I think, we mix the juices together. <laughs> yeah, we, we put the juices in the tube. But I just think it'd be fun to do like a Willy Wonka style where you're actually truly like behind the scenes in this, in the grand scale where it's small and, you know, see how things work. Like I know you can go tour uh, Funko or any video game thing, as long as you set it up in advance and know the right people. But I think it'd be fun to go there and actually observe, you know, like a zoo, you see the programmers hunched over the computers going, you know, oh, what are they coding? That type of stuff to get to get that intimate feel. So, Sour Patch Kids, right there. If you if you guys are listening, huge fan. Um, I hear the Guinness tour is amazing. Over, I, I, I believe that one. Ireland, yeah. So that's what I was talking about. Like, what I want to know what people are passionate about. What gets them excited? Cause like, that's you, you, you want to get the the Sour Patch Kid tour from somebody that is literally like on the cutting edge of like designing flavors or something for Sour Patch Kids that knows everything about it. Give me the eccentric. You you don't want to get the Sour Patch Kid tour from the summer intern on a marketing degree or the dude that has to sweep up after the late shift puts the yellow bags away. You want somebody that is like, this is magic. (laughs) That's what I'm saying is I want, give me the eccentric, you know, owner of it. Give me, give me that guy who, you know, he's walking out on a cane. You're like, Oh, he's hobbled and he does a roll. And you're like, Whoa, who is this guy? Give me, I want a tour like that. You nailed it on the head because again, like you said, it's a tour guide where we've had the people who are, yeah, they've been doing this a while and they can put a flare on it, but I don't want just a tour. Yeah, that, want- that, that's the difference of somebody that's passionate about it because anybody can doctor something up to make something sound fun or just talk through the high end talking points, mm-hmm. but somebody that you can ask him a question and their entire brain lights up like somebody else understands you care about the blue ones too. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is like, I th- the whole golden ticket aspect, winning the factory aside, winning, you know, the, the store aside, whatever that aspect, just being able to win an intimate behind the scenes thing is good enough for me. You know, I don't, I don't want the responsibility of the factory or anything like that, because then I would have that weight and stress and 
then when the factory goes bankrupt and people have to sell their Sour Patch Kids on the street. and You guys are doing a good job. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't want to take that from you. <laughs> See, what I, this is why I'm all about the, the, uh, the marketing way things where they're, everyone's so worried about getting their stuff taken. But sooner or later, somebody's going to figure out how to do one of these Willy Wonka con- contests, but the other way around. Instead of people going out to buy something, they're going to be looking back and be like, uh, Mr. Mr. Brown, uh, we see that you have bought more Sour Patch Kid packets in the last five years than anyone else in America. We'd like to invite you to a tour of our factory. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> you know, they, they look at us and, oh, you've logged this much on this video game. Well, come on over for a tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, one mind, like you said, it would be the whole, how'd you get that information? Then I'd be like, oh, everything's connected, you know. You, mm-hmm. you carry this thing around, they know, they carry this thing around, they know you, you have a social security, they know you, you know, I'll stand, I'll buy stuff at Target, and all of a sudden I'm getting emails like, hey, how's that working out for you? <laughs> Whoa, slow down, <laughs> Target. I'm not even in my vehicle yet. I will, I will tell you one of the most horrible things I've deduced is in the last few months, we've taken very much advantage of the food delivery services. And when you can go back to your account and just in a push of a button, see everything you've ordered or every restaurant you've gone through (laughs) makes me feel really poor and it explains why. (laughs) But then you see some things that you're like, I didn't think I ate there that, man, I eat there a lot. (laughs) I wouldn't even put that as one of my favorite restaurants, but they have gotten a lot of my money in the last three months. So what would you, I mean, obviously the Hasbro factory would be cool to go to, right? Mm Mm-hmm seeing the different floors and everything like that of the creativity. What, what is like something you want to go on ticket to? Cause that's what like kind of got off topic, but that's, that's the, this, the whole thing to this is what would you want that golden ticket to? What I want to go for a golden <clears throat> ticket. That is, I, <laughs> your brain stopped. It, it did. Cause I can't, uh, Hmm. See, this is where I, I'm way I'm too like logical and analytical for this question to just spurt out answers because everything comes. Wait, what about this? What about this? What about this? Like, I I still have the the kid dream of me, even though I know it's been changed and ruined many ways, is to get the whole Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. Star Wars creation area, like seeing that up close and personal. Um. <clears throat> Throw me in the Lucky Charms factory, dude, with just a bag of marshmallows, and I'm happy. I'll walk around just eating those. They're magically delicious. See, I, I feel I don't really have a bucket list of ones to do. I, I would want to be I, – I feel like I'd want to be wowed by something I wasn't expecting. Because if I went to the Reese's factory, like, oh, they're going to make Reese's pieces and peanut butter cups and other Reese's candy. Yeah, cool. All right. It's a candy machine going there. But – Find something that wows me. Like I, I look at how many times we go to Estes Park and I stand outside the taffy shops for 20 minutes at a time watching those little arms pull taffy. It's mesmerizing. But I need something to wow me that has some sort of process that's just like, that's how that works? Well, that's, that's the cool thing. That's the cool thing too is like some of the documentaries that are out there now have been able to show us the behind the scenes and wow us with stuff. You know, um, there was one candy making one where I don't remember, but it was like, you know, they were making that designer chocolate type of stuff. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, that's, you, that's actually you, you doing that. You know, it's like when you go to Cold Stone and they sit there and fold the ice cream in front of you, you're like, whoa. Yeah, the first time you ever see that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, 
Wait, what are you doing? I've never put my ice cream on cold rocks before. <laughs> but that's the thing is, I guess that's what kind of stirred this is, you know, the jelly belly thing aside, it's cool. Uh, I don't know if it's worth it. Like, honestly, if I were to pay the $50 and I ended up winning the factory, I'd be like, no. What's the first thing you have to do? You have to figure out how to sell a candy factory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I don't want it. <laughs> I feel like it would be very much like the old Simpsons episode where they, uh, Barton Millhouse, buy an old factory at an auction. Have you seen that one? Yeah, it was okay. a long time ago. I feel like that's what my life would be if I won this candy factory. I'd, I'd put on a, a hard hat and I'd take a few pictures outside and change the title on all my business cards. And then I'd walk around and break something and then probably want to never go back. <laughs> or it might catch on fire. I mean, obviously... Y- See, again, I'm thinking of like the business side of it is like you would think that if you won this, you would have a board that would help you make decisions. Maybe we're too old for this now. (laughs) We're too cynical about like, what's the legalities of this? When your kids sued, (laughs) when your kids, it's just like magical and you're like, whoa. Again, again, we're comparing this to Willy Wonka, which is magical. You think about that. Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. It wasn't just a chocolate factory. It wasn't some machines that squirted chocolate on a paper and then something twisted up and put it in a box. You're talking about a river of chocolate that goes behind you. Wallpaper. Bubbles that make you fly. Like there was some that taste like schnozberries. Serious magic going on in Willy Wonka's factory. And I feel like there are some real life factories that have magic in them that I would love to learn about. That's what I was asking you. Which, yeah. what, what are those? But I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if if I knew how magical it was, it wouldn't be as magical now, would it? It's that so element you, of surprise. It's you walk so in, you, you go, "Oh my gosh, that is how this works!" <gasps> Mind blown. <laughs> okay, I, I I appreciate that. Because like, if, if, if you if you're like, "Oh, I can't wait to see how they go make a video game," and you go in a room with these six dudes typing at a computer or dudes well, no, and that's, dudettes. That's the thing is I, I know how to make a video game and it's something you probably don't want to witness firsthand, but like, you know, <laughs> the whole like launch thing and everything like that would be fun. And in my mind, I, I know it's not like that, but in my mind, the Sour Patch Kids factory is exactly like Willy Wonka. You walk in and there's like edible stuff everywhere, sour dust everywhere. And just <laughs> magical. You just showered with it and you walk in like a tank girl yep. showers. Yeah. Ow. That's that's what I like to pretend is that it's that magical. I know it's not. You walk in and it's like, hi, welcome to, I don't even remember who makes it, but you can have that receptionist that hates life. Welcome to the Sour Patch Factory. On the left, you'll see the green spurt. On the right, you'll see the green spurt. Don't touch anything. T-shirts are out back. Exactly. But Ed, that's, that's the thing is there's tons of stuff out there that you can actually get the behind the scenes for you know with us we kind of have a behind the scenes look at how concerts are put together and everything like that because i remember before we were in radio and i'd go to a concert I'm like whoa how do they do this in working in radio we got to see the behind the scenes and the stress and all that jazz of going into it i just found a video from last year from the spec inside the candy factory that makes sour patch kids and swedish fish we should make this happen just just because okay i'm down i am down (laughs) so we have our we have our homework we are going to figure (laughs) out how we can get to 
wherever this factory is located at, and we're going to make it magical. And if it's not magical, I'm going to pretend it's magical and possibly end up in prison. That's what After Effects is for. We'll just... (laughs) (laughs) You guys look miserable, but the effects are great. (laughs) This could have merit. Anyway, um, but... You for listening. Thanks for uh, you know sticking around for this one. But let us know in the comments or at Get Geekish. Uh, what place would you want to find a golden ticket to? Is there something that you have on your bucket list that you were dying to get a behind the scenes, once in a lifetime look at, just for fun? That's that's, that's what we're asking, right? Yeah, that's what that's what we're asking. And would you want to win a jelly bean factory? Well, I mean, it's what you said. It's not even a jelly bean factory. It's just a candy factory, right? Well, I, I don't know. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's a little big. Yeah, see that? <laughs> when, when the details are that gray about it, it's like, is this worth it? You take yeah. my information. It's, it's like when they give away a car. We, we know that from great days. They can't just say, oh, we're giving away a car. It's like, oh, we're going to give away this car, this stock number with this many miles on it and this many liabilities and this many things and blah, blah. So I'm not really getting anything for free. No, no, you're not. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to give you this car and you're going to owe the government $7,000. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. So there you have it. Golden tickets are too good to be true, but doesn't stop me from wanting to find one. Right? We can still daydream about it. We'll think about snozberries. Anyway, we'll talk at you next week and uh, good luck with finding your own golden ticket.